Welcome to the Victorious Souls Podcast with self-love coach, Danielle Burnock. Things happen in our lives that make us feel powerless. But Danielle believes that anyone can become a victorious soul by reclaiming what belongs to them, their value, their belovedness, and their God-given superpower. The Victorious Souls Podcast is dedicated to empowering you to rise up, reclaim, and embrace the change from survive to thrive as a victorious soul through the power of love. And now, here's that lady on the internet who loves you, Danielle. Hello and welcome to today's interview here with me, Danielle Burnock from DanielleBurnock.com and Love Yourself from Survive to Thrive as we are going to be hearing from Rhonda Marie Staub, who has overcome so much childhood trauma in her life and now is thriving as a licensed therapist, helping people in their marriages and in their lives. And before we get started, I want to put out there how this is for you to learn and for you to hear and to be encouraged, but I am not a licensed therapist and social media and podcasts and other things like that are not the forum for professional help. So I want to give this little disclaimer out there that if you need professional help, please seek it. This is to help and entertain, but it is not for your medical and professional help. So I just want to give that little disclaimer out there. And then I'm going to bring Rhonda in here and let you meet her. So let me bring her in here. Hello, Rhonda. You are live on Facebook with me today. Thank you for joining me and agreeing to do this interview and to share your experience and your expertise with our listeners. And today, as we're on Facebook Live, they're watching, but later we'll be on the uh, Victoria Souls podcast and they will get to hear from you. And I'm just so excited that you agreed to do this with me today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Danielle. Hi, everybody. Oh, and congratulations. I want to let everyone know Rhonda just got licensed in her second state. She is licensed in the state of Alabama and now in the state of Tennessee also. And she had a little disclaimer she wanted to give you also. So hit it. So um, <laughs> right now on this podcast, this is not therapy. And so, you know, we don't do therapy on social media. So if you need professional help, you need to reach out to a therapist in your state. They have to be licensed in your state. So if you live in Alabama or Tennessee, then you have to reach out to me on my website and we'll give you that information after we're done. So this is not therapy or medical advice. So yeah. <laughs> yes, we just we need to we need to say that because we love you and we care that you know the truth because it's the truth that helps us to get free. That's what Jesus said. The truth will set us free, knowing the truth, but we also need to apply it to our lives also, which is something we will get into. So Rhonda, share just a little bit about what you do. You're a therapist. What does that mean and who do you help? I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, which means I do therapy through the relational family lens, the family system lens. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because, you know, 
God, Jesus, he's relational, you know, the mm-hmm. Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's very relational. It's like he gave me purpose in this relational career where I I help people in their relationships and to heal from relational wounds, yeah. you know, so um, trauma and, and how that affects the family and, mm-hmm. and your role in the family. So, right. Yeah. Right. And so what led you into becoming a licensed therapist? Why, why do you do what you do? Well, <clears throat> my number one why is that I wanted to understand why families are dysfunctional and why my family was dysfunctional. So first I had to go do my own therapy work, <laughs> you know, and I experienced some childhood trauma of my own, just one thing after another, you know, being born with an illness and then father leaving mother. I was four when my father left and my, I was eight years old when my mother passed away. Wow. So I was raised by my grandmother, me and my brother, and she was like 65 or something when she Mm -hmm. took us on, 65 years old, inheriting two children. So yeah, just one thing after another, and it it just, one compounded the other. And Mm -hmm. and of course, you know, back in 1983, you know, it's like, you know, my grandmother, she's, you don't automatically think oh I gotta put this child in therapy because you know she just lost her mother so (laughs) you know so there was like a long way in the last what yeah 20 some years yeah yeah so I had to you know I had to go to therapy as an adult and so I you know I picked up the phone and called and the therapists that I had were like wonderful they, they did um, multi-systemic therapy, which means all the systems that we're a part of, like I'm part of the family system, I'm part of the community system, the church system, and, and we use all, all wow. the systems that support for me to help, you know, help me raise my children and, you know, and so, um, and then the, the very last ground zero that happened was um, my ex-husband. I I walked in on him abusing my ch- my child, my youngest child. How awful! Yeah, and so we're we're still experiencing some of the consequences of that, like today. Um, wow. And so it's you know, so I have to maintain my um, my mental and emotional health. And so I, right. I have my mentors and my counselors and. Yeah, we never outgrow make- that, do we? We constantly need help. Yeah. It's not like we go through therapy or something and then poof, we're all done. Ta-da! We so, get to a place where we're healed or functional or something, but we, we can always grow. We always need help, right? Yeah. And so I'm a therapist, but I haven't arrived at anything, you know, and <laughs> I'm not perfect by any means of the imagination. <laughs> so, yeah, so I want to I want to just pause and, and tell our listeners, see, you're not alone. And don't put mm-hmm. pressure on yourself that you have to become some ah. no, it's just tending to your own self and your own soul, which I'm brings me to Rhonda, what is it that led you to pick up the phone and, and go get help? Why, what did you see in your life or recognize what motivated you to start healing? 
Well, I mean, like I said, the dysfunction in our relationship, like why, why did I marry the person that I married? You know, what, like what, what wound in me or number of wounds in me led me to like, be married to that guy who was doing that get stuff. married to yeah <laughs> why why did I do that you know I picked up the phone and and I called and got in counseling and she did a lot of work you know work with me as far as you know going back to the original ground zero which is you know that father wound of not having the father figure yeah abandonment when I was four <laughs> emotional neglect abandonment yeah and so that a, ch- a child needs both her parents. I mean, yeah. it's like, and then, and then the devastation was added when my mother passed away. The dysfunction, which was bad enough, but then they were gone, which created another level of trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically I was orphaned. And so I don't have the orphan mentality anymore. Of course mm-hmm. I did, of course as a teenager and a kid, but I don't anymore because I know I belong to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I belong to him. And now I belong to Doug, you know, my, (laughs) my husband now, but, um, um, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Okay. We were talking about abandonment and being orphaned and how you're not an orphan now because God, you belong to God and you belong to your husband. And I can imagine that just bringing this up, this, this creates we, we black out when we get too much emotion. When I get too much emotion, sometimes I get the shivers because our, our body reacts to when we get a little more emotion than we can handle. So that, that's probably just a symptom. And once again, to speak to my listeners, it's normal. If you have a physical response to an emotional thing, it's normal. Don't beat normal. yourself up because you lost your train of thought. You started shivering, you started sweating, or you started (laughs) shaking, or whatever it is that you started doing, just take a deep breath and give yourself a minute. Yeah. So I'm taking a deep breath. This is hard stuff to talk about, you know, but I mean, I'm not going to become emotionally dysregulated right now because I've I've done a lot of work and a lot of healing. And so I'm able to talk, I'm able to have a narrative of my story and be okay about telling it and and this is how you heal from trauma is that you you do your work and then you're if you're able to develop a narrative of your story without Mm -hmm. becoming emotionally dysregulated like a puddle on the floor like you know I would say it different like without falling apart is how I would say it in layman's terms yeah like but it's the same thing that yeah. shows some healing and so yeah so that's the the point where you you are overcoming right yeah right. I want to go back to how you you mentioned something when we had spoken before and you briefly mentioned at the beginning how you were born ill and mm-hmm. then you told me a little bit about your brother what was something that that happened to you there and you mentioned about what you were used to can you speak to that a little bit yeah, so I was born with a hypothyroidism, it's congenital hypothyroidism, where, you know, you have a hormone in your body called thyroid. And mm-hmm. so I don't have, they don't know whether I don't have the gland, they were going to do exploratory surgery to see if I even have the gland. But mm-hmm. right now it's not active. It may have it, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. So I have to take mm-hmm. medication and I've taken it 
since I was probably two, three weeks old. And so, you know, my parents were 22 years old when they, when they had me. And so I can imagine how devastating that was to have a new firstborn new baby. Because I think my mother brought me home and that I wasn't feeding correctly from what I heard from my Nana. And I just was kind of blowing up and just, I was sick. I was like, and so I had to be brought back to the hospital and tested and everything. But I think God used that because now babies are tested before they leave the hospital for this disorder. So, and that's kind of, I mean, that's, that's great. Cause this was like 1975, you know, (laughs) I wish I we've come a long way again. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm aging myself. So anyway, okay. I'm older than you. I'm almost as old as your grandmother was when she got you. So, yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah. And so, you know, that was devastating probably to them. And so it seemed the message that I got was that it was kind of like I was tolerated Mm -hmm. and that's just and so then they had my brother and so this is not even my brother's fault because he just you know yeah it's never your fault for being born (laughs) no it's not even my brother's fault so you know there was a lot of favoritism Mm -hmm. and 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 I don't know whether because he was a boy or what but and he was healthy and he was healthy, of course, yeah. you know, and, and then even my aunt has said that there was favoritism in her family, that the boys were favored, mm-hmm. you know, and so the generations, like their generation, the boys were favored. So then in my generation, the boys were favored. And this is what you call multi-generational transmission process. Yeah. Is that this function was passed down to to my generation. And so those generational cords were, they need to be broken, basically. Wow. And then you talked about what you were used to is that was that was relating to marrying your first husband, right? That you married. Yeah, I wasn't given the example of, you know, this is, uh, I've seen all the men in my family treat women like this is like it's normal for men to treat women like crap basically and so either beating them or verbally abusing them or whatever um and so it's like okay this is normal and so that's what i went just like that that's what i went to i wasn't taught any different I, i wasn't taught you know number one how you know, if Jesus, if a man loved Jesus, he can love you. I was raised Catholic, which not to impugn any Catholics, but there was no relationship. There was no teaching how Jesus can live inside me. It was just this uh, a lot of denominations. They don't teach that. It just depends yeah. on if they do, if they believe in the relationship or if it's just religion. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was just religion it was just yeah. going through the motions and so, I have Catholic friends they have relationships yeah. so it's like it's it's about yeah. the the re- realness of it like you said right. back to your your style mm-hmm. or your way that you do your therapy it's about relationship yeah it's all about the relationship and you talked about the systems and those mm-hmm. seem like those are all relationship based also and I'd never heard those the different it being called that the systems the neighborhood mm-hmm. or community system you called it right and yeah, the, the community system, system and- the family system, the the church. I don't want to call it the religious system because I don't, you know, but it's just 
system. You could maybe yeah. call it a faith system because people have a different faith, faith circles. Yeah, that's a good so one. They believe that's in a different faith, faith and they have a faith community. So yeah, yeah. a faith community. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> we'll figure this out together because you know yes. we're here to serve people and not just one segment of people. People who are hurting, we want them mm -hmm. to get well because we love them. You know, right. and that's what it's all about because love is what heals. Love is the salve that heals our soul. So it what does. would you say is the primary thing that you did? I know you went into therapy, but there's more to therapy than just showing up, which showing up is a big part of it. Oh yeah, it's a big <laughs> showing up. But what is something that you have that you did to like take ownership, to take your life back, to own that? Like you talked about owning your narrative. I call it owning your trauma. What is something that you would say a, a big thing that you did that made a big difference? Well, well, first I picked up the phone and got therapy. Then I went to therapy and then I developed the relationship with the therapist. Mm -hmm. I developed that trust with someone mm -hmm. who number one was objective, who, yeah. was who wasn't judging me. Right. Who, li who listened to me they were I mean this person was able to help me say and it was very freeing that my parents sucked basically yeah and so after I said that I was able to forgive them number one <laughs> Well, um, yes the they stuck, but they were 20 they were 22 years old and kids don't come with manuals especially kids with illnesses they don't right right you know my own kids didn't come with me right mine didn't either <laughs> um and yes you know the bible the manual for living and and the it doesn't say put them in gymnastics and put them yeah. in basketball, but don't send them to this. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of decisions we have to make. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So uh, I, I went there and I, and I, and I owned that. So I was able to for, forgive and. And you and owned the truth. It sounded even, like how you said that when you said that out loud. That, that really struck a chord with me because the same thing happened to me in counseling when my counselor said something went terribly wrong. It like I just sat there looking at her, like going, "What?" Yeah, something it's did like, go and Because wrong. as children, we want to protect our parents. As strange mm -hmm. as that is, that's just part of that because we need them, and right. so we we mm -hmm. can't. It's hard as a child to own that their parents suck, as as you learned as an adult, because mm -hmm. your parents can't suck when you're a kid. You need them. So you blame yourself and that is such a normal progression that mm -hmm. that's why I want to help people when they get older to own that like you own your parents sucked it's it, that doesn't mean they're a bad person that means they screwed up and you're reaping the bad results of that and so to own that part of the process and then you can go through the forgiving and you can dismantle the things along the way right mm -hmm. right and I was given that space and also I had to forgive God too. Mm -hmm. And I told God that he sucked at being God because <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to be very honest with him and he was okay with that. You know, yeah. he was okay. And, and that's life shattering for some people who have been under the thumb of religion and under oppressive mm -hmm. religion and 
mm-hmm. lies that go with the truth about God as, as we know him anyways. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, and some people who never heard that. So thank you for sharing that. I had to go through that too. I, I wrestled with God. Well, Jacob in the Bible wrestled with God. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but religion out there makes it sound like you have to have this perfect little Christian family. You got to act this perfect little Christian mm-hmm. way. And you got to, you know, walk like this and talk like fully. No, no. I can use stronger language, but you know, I don't want to. I want to be kind here. (laughs) And and the thing is, the thing is that Jesus knows that it sucks. Yeah, he he knows that he went through his own suckiness. (laughs) So, yes, this is true. This Mm -hmm. is true. So he knows how we feel. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you have a book. You wrote a book about your story, didn't you? What? What? Yeah. what what's your book called? And and my book is called, about that book. My book is called "Beautifully Broken: My Journey to Amended Heart." And here's the cover. I don't know if y'all can see it. What was the subtitle on, again? It's it's beautifully broken. My journey to amended heart. Amended heart. Okay. Yeah. And so um, it's a short read, but, you know, but uh, <clears throat> I just kind of break it down and condense it, you know, so well, it's uh, helpful for us to read other people's stories because we mm-hmm. don't feel alone then. It's like, that's how right. you and I met. We met through tribe writers and then you read my book and reviewed my first book, Emerging with Wings. And, you know, know, we related to each other and that's that's how we began a relationship. What, like six years ago or something? Yeah, like that, that was that. a while so, back. Yeah. That was a while back. So, so yeah, yeah it's, it's like the, through the sharing of stories. And I want to encourage our listeners that you have, a, if you have a story, I want to encourage you to write your story. Even if you only write it in a journal and never share it with anyone, like Rhonda was saying, to own your narrative, you know, and even if you own your narrative in a journal, that's something, you know, if you want to share it with your family, you can go a step further, you know, whatever is comfortable, whatever works for you, because like I keep saying, because I love you, I'm that lady on the internet who loves you, and I will keep telling you that with every breath I have, and so I just wanted to share that with you, if you have a story, write it down, and do yourself a favor, it will help your heart heal. And before we go here, Rhonda, what is uh, one thing that you would give as advice to our listeners? Something that, you know, if they haven't started yet, if they haven't had the courage to own their story, if they haven't had the courage to start, or they aren't even recognizing this in their life, you know, they're, maybe they're in something and they're, they're lost in the weeds. What would you, what advice would you give them to take a step or to find out if it is their childhood that's really their problem? Well, pick up the phone and call a professional I mean they there are people that specialize in helping you through your trauma and this is an objective person that can give you space to say the truth and there's no judgment and so you need that space to do that because mm-hmm. it's, it's so healing when you can when you can you know, we said before, develop that narrative and have that sacred space of healing so that you can move forward and not get stuck in the weeds and get stuck at ground zero and keep living that pattern over and over again in your relationships, in your job, and that leads to to depression, anxiety, um, physical illness. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you hang on to that, it's like an yeah. addiction, you know, it also right. leads to addiction. 
too. So if you have any of those things in your life, you need to pick up the phone, right? Exactly. Or if someone's too scared to pick up the phone, what would you advise them to do? Um, well, there's hotlines that you can um, do, you know, technology these days, people sometimes are scared of talking on the phone. So you can do like chatting. There's, um, cha- there's talk space. There's, okay. there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of online telehealth that you can, um, texting therapy. There's, you know, there's different things that you can do. You can go talk to your pastor at church and he can put you in touch with somebody. Mm-hmm. Talking to friends, I mean, that's one thing. Friends are a bit, a little bit too close, and they might have their opinions, and I don't know how helpful that can be. But usually, it may depend on how deep your wound is, and how it, yeah. it may depend on all that. So, but mm-hmm. we encourage you to start right. Do something. Yeah. Do something. Even writing your, or call a even like you said, or pick up yeah. Rhonda's book or pick yeah. up my book, but yeah. do something do something and even like you said daniel writing in your journal writing it out getting it out but because if you internalize all that it's it's not it's not going to be good for you I oh promise. yeah that sounds really good yeah that could be the first place to start just write it out and then read it back to yourself and let yourself mm-hmm. see where you really are mm-hmm. exactly Okay, well, thank you for being with us today, Rhonda. I just really appreciate you sharing this and and sharing with our listeners today and being courageous and vulnerable and and sharing some of your story. So, and I'll I'll speak with you again in just a few minutes when I wrap this up, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. So, my friends, thank you for joining us today to hear my friend Rhonda Marie Staub share part of her story. We can't cover her whole story in just this small amount of time, but I hope it was encouraging for you. Pick up a copy of her book, Beautifully Broken, and write that narrative for yourself. If you're wondering, I don't know if my childhood really had that much to do with what I'm going through. I challenge you, get out a notebook, put yourself in a comfortable chair, and sit and write out, what was your childhood like? Where are you at now? And just read it back to yourself and see where you really are now. Love yourself enough to do something to make yourself be the best person you could be because you matter. I love you. I'm that lady on the internet who says she loves you. And I will keep doing that. As I say every time, Danielle Burnock from DanielleBurnock.com and love yourself from Survive to Thrive. Until next time, I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Victoria Souls Podcast. You matter and you are loved. We'd love to connect with you further. So please visit us at daniellebernock.com and grab a copy of Danielle's free audiobook. And remember, only you can change your life. No one can do it for you.